all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. You're listening to a podcast of Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To your previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning, and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking, and I am Susan, Dr. Susan Buttress. So have you had some disturbing dreams in the last several weeks? Do you find that your dreams are filled with problems that you can't solve, places that you can't seem to get to no matter how hard you try? Well, you're not the only one. Today, we'll explore why this may be happening and how you can try to make those disturbing dreams go away and maybe even replace them with those dreams that can help you wake up happy and feeling ready to go in the morning. So, I want to hear what's going on in your life. I want you to call, share those dreams, share those concerns, maybe any kind of sleep issues too. Um, And you can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Well, we are several, several months now down into COVID-19 issues, and it does seem that data is showing that in general, Americans during this epidemic, pandemic rather, are sleeping more, believe it or not, upwards of 20% more, probably because we're not running around with a harried schedule. Those parents out there who um, we've talked to so many times about overscheduling your children now, you don't have that issue because so many things are closed. Um, um, trying to open back up and then closed again. So in general, it sounds good that most of us are sleeping better, but many of us are not waking up feeling rested, ready for the day, often feel maybe a little bit disturbed, feeling anxious from the type of dreams that, that we're having and maybe remembering them more. So there's been some um, information out there, and some of you may have heard our NPR story a few days ago, um, where a person, a specialist, psychologist, Deidre Barrett, was interviewed, I believe it was her, uh, a dream researcher at Harvard Medical Center. And she launched an international survey back in March about pandemic-related dreams, and um, she said a lot of people are dreaming about swarms of wasps, flies, gnats, um, armies of roaches and worms. Bug attacks seem to be the most common um, metaphor in dreams that have been seen. But there are lots of other disturbing dreams that are going on. 
Um, and this was in more than 8,000 dreams that she um, reported people or, or people reported to her as having. But she's not the only scientist who has noted this increase. Um, there's an increasing trend in bizarre and vivid dreams um, for just about everybody since coronavirus outbreak has been noted um, around the world. And, and more than about 87% of Americans have reported, if we extrapolate, unusual dreams since the pandemic Began, And that's according to a sleep standard survey of um, a thousand dreamers in the U.S. So nightmares, dreams, sleep disturbances are are common in times of trauma. And previous research has looked at the significant increase in the number and intensity of dreams after 9-11, for example, and uh, after natural disasters like Certainly, we all experienced Hurricane Katrina. But theories about um, why we dream have been, why we dream more vividly um, based during times of trauma have have gone back to Freud's times. You know, sometimes when something scary happens, we worry more by day and have more anxious dreams at night. And, and um, there's no doubt we're in scary times right now. You know, the wear a mask, don't touch things, wash your hands, stay away from people. Um, when, you know, everything we say um in any kind of psychological literature is to um, hug people, get close, hold hands, take care of each other. And so now we're saying the opposite. So today we have an expert who's going to join us in a few minutes to help us navigate through this. Um, but before we get to our expert, I want us to talk for a minute about why we may be seeming to remember our dreams a little bit more. And many of you have heard some of this from me in the past as we talk about sleep. Dreams happen during REM sleep or rapid eye movement sleep, and that comes at the end of our sleep cycle. Um, you're more likely to have and recall your vivid dreams when you awake from a rapid eye movement, REM sleep, when you closely awake from that sleep. That's the last of the deepest part of our sleep cycle. Um, now, according to the National Sleep Foundation and many other studies, you typically reach this stage about 90 minutes after falling asleep. Um, and these cycles happen over and over during your sleep. You cycle in and out um, of REM sleep. So once um, uh, you, you do that about once every hour and a half, like I said. So if you sleep longer, the more dreams you can have. Okay. And like I said, the closer you wake up to the dream, the more likely you remember it. Okay. So here's why maybe if we're getting more sleep, we're waking up really more rested. So you wake up at the end of a sleep cycle, um, REM sleep. 
happens after REM is you go into sort of a partially awakening state. You're almost awake. And then if you stay asleep, then you go back down into stage one, two, three and REM. So with that said, um, if you are rested and you have had enough sleep and you wake up from your REM sleep, then voila, the sleep, the dream is better remembered. Okay. So why are we dreaming these disturbing dreams? We've already talked about that. Um, so today I'm hoping that we can talk through if we are getting more sleep. And if we can awaken rested instead of troubled and exhausted from these dreams, um, can, can we do that? So now I'd like to get to our guest and welcome. I'm delighted to have Karen Bonner return as a guest. She's been on with us before and we've had delighted discussions about dreams. Karen is a licensed professional counselor and dream specialist in Ridgeland, Mississippi. And um, she is going to help us navigate through this. Good morning, Karen, and thanks for being with us. Good morning. Uh, can you hear, hear me all right? Yes, we hear you great. And we're delighted to have you. Well, thanks for so, having me. I'm so excited about talking about this topic today. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I kind of stepped through um, a little bitty bit of the data, and and um, I'm curious. I know you um, you have a very busy practice. And I think you're doing it via tele, telehealth now. Is that correct? That's correct. Telehealth uh, and some by phone consult. And, you know, many of my colleagues are doing the same. That's just where sure. we are to stay safe right now. Sure. And certainly we are all doing that in, in our in the medical field. We've got some face to face visits going on. But, you know, honestly, if you're comfortable staying at home and having your visit done at home, I know at um, UMMC, we've got we've got lots of um, telehealth visits going on. So, um, Karen, talk to us a little bit just about your experience, um, your counseling experience right now. Are you seeing what nationally others are seeing with this increase in disturbing dreams and sort of a, a revisit of the same type of dreams? Yes, I am seeing that. I am seeing people, uh, I am hearing more and more uh, disturbing dreams. Some of them have a direct um, reference to the virus. You know, in the content of the dream, uh, the virus comes up or the fear of the virus comes up. But more I'm hearing dreams that have uh, some of the general anxiety themes. And if you think about it, good night. Our our whole world has been turned upside down. Our, our whole schedule, the way we've lived our lives almost half-consciously uh, has been completely upended. So it's little wonder that the deeper recesses of our psyche have been so disturbed. And that's trying to right itself in our sleep. You know, our, our sleep cycle and our dream cycles are 
are that's the function of that is to try to process what has happened to us during the day. So with so much happening to us during the day, so many changes, so many fears and anxieties, it's little wonder that our psyche, our deeper uh, recesses of our psyche are trying to process this in our sleep. If we can look at this, though, as the, the psyche is trying its best to help us, even when the dreams are disturbing or distressing, it, it's, it's in an effort to sort of right the ship, if you will. Um, and so to, to kind of look at the dreams and work with them uh, might offer some relief. Right, right. I think I think you're you're absolutely right. And you know, my goodness, everybody is stressed by this. If not for um, just the physical fear of the virus and all, but work issues, school issues, child issues, parent issues. There's so much going on. Ugh. All right. We need to take a break, but we want to hear from you. I want to hear what you uh, listeners are dreaming out there. Um, I can tell you about a couple of mine, but I want to hear about yours. And then um, we, as we move along in the show, um, Karen, I want us to talk too about is there a way to make them better? Is there a way to change them? So listeners, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We'll be checking our email as we go through this. So um, let us hear from you. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Karen Bonner, a sleep expert, and we will be right back. If you're a parent on the go, but still want to stay informed about your children's education, subscribe to Mississippi Education Connections podcast and listen on the go anytime, anywhere on your favorite podcast app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I'm here today with Karen Bonner, who is a licensed professional counselor and dream specialist um, in Ridgeland, Mississippi. She's here today to help us navigate through what's happening with our dreams and why in the world have they increased so much. Well, we probably know why we're stressed. Um, there's been a lot of increased stress with this COVID-19, but today what our plan is, is to not let this get us down and not let it interfere with the ability to wake up and be restful and productive. Whether we're working from home, whether we're working remotely, whether we're trying to be a better parent for our children. And also, we can talk about what's going on with our children's sleep, too, and how, how maybe um, we can help them. So join in, jump in with us. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 
or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. And also remember that if you can only listen to a portion of this show, um, you can listen to the full show on podcast. And um, so certainly download your favorite podcast app and and listen to us on there or any previous show. So, um, Karen, if you will, um, will you give us some examples of of maybe some of the sleeps, your uh, the the dreams that you're hearing about, and um, and do you have you heard what I said? I know at the beginning of the show about the reason we're one we're sleeping more. We have um, maybe more episodes of REM sleep, and maybe because we're sleeping more, um, we don't have that alarm interrupting our sleep in the middle of another sleep cycle, but maybe it is at the end of, of the REM sleep, the dream sleep, and that is why we're remembering the dreams more. Do you agree with that in general? Yes, indeed. And that is some of the research that I've read as well is uh, what you said earlier. We're not on that same uh, tough schedule that we've been on. I didn't realize personally, you know, just how, how tough that schedule was of getting up, getting dressed, getting to, to work, getting to school. When that relaxed some, yes, uh, many of us are, are able to sleep a little bit later a little bit longer, wake up more naturally instead of by that alarm. And that does have a difference in how we recall our dreams. The other thing playing into this is when we have anxious dreams or any dream with a strong emotional content to it, uh, a frightening dream, an anxious dream, or even an intensely pleasurable dream, we're more likely to remember it as we wake up. So the mm-hmm. intensity of the emotion that comes with the content of the dream also uh, plays into how much we remember. Right. So is it good to remember your dreams? Is it good to remember them and step through them? Um, or um, is, is that something that can be disturbing throughout the day? I know I've awakened um, from a couple of disturbing uh, dreams lately, most mine were not about bugs. Um, <laughs> one dream I um, I remember very, very vividly, and I remember having the people at the table. One was a friend who who has died, who was sitting at the table with me as we were discussing some problem that I was trying to solve and he was quietly with a smile giving me advice um it was it was not horribly disturbing except that we never came to the uh, we we were never able to solve the problem so I awoke thinking um oh, gosh, I need to figure this out. Of course, now I can't remember what it was I was trying to figure out, but that, but there was this issue. And I suspect that probably has something to do with all this COVID issue and me trying to answer questions for people um, when I don't have all the solid answers I wish I did. Indeed. And not only that, but as a 
as a culture, as um, as Americans, all of us, none of us have an answer as to what's going to happen next, at least right. not yet. We, we, none of us can solve this problem, you know, and the feeling of there being no resolution for my own life, for the life of my community, my family, for the life of the country, it has that feeling of unresolved problem. How am I going to resolve this problem? So we're working through that, you know, even in our sleep. Um, so when we have these disturbing dreams, I think, again, it's important to pay attention to the emotional tone that's brought up. So if the emotional tone that's brought up is anxiety and frustration over not being able to solve a problem, then you carry that, you can link that to waking life. What is my most pressing problem that I'm not able to resolve right now and how is that affecting me? And what, what, what steps can I take in my waking life to uh, address that? So the, my first inclination is to point people toward the emotional tone of the dream, no matter what the content was, what's the emotional tone and where is that in my waking life? Does that, does that make some sense? Sure. It, it actually does. And um, as, as I'm sitting here and thinking, what a great opportunity we have you here with us. So listeners, give us a call. Let's talk about your dreams and and let Karen Bonner um, step through maybe how we can twist these around um, to maybe help us during the day. Um, not, not that dreams are so much predictive of what's happening next, but perhaps um, they do set your, your mood and your tone and maybe there's a way to reset this. And um, so give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Um, yeah, I think, um, Karen, as we're, we're moving along, one thing that, that I've been very interested in is um, teaching yourself how to sort of set maybe what you can dream about. Um, I, I heard a little and read a little bit of discussion about this, and I'm, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are about that. Can you kind of preset how you'll dream that night? You can try, uh, and it can be successful. Uh, with this caveat, whatever our waking life ego wants uh, our dreams to pay attention to, our, our, our ego gets a say in this. But mm-hmm. the other unconscious aspects of our minds may have a different agenda. And so even if we ask for a certain uh, answer to a difficulty or to a problem, our dream may pull our attention to something else that also uh, needs to be solved. Um, Sometimes Mm -hmm. the concerns of the unconscious and therefore the dreams are not the same concerns that we have in waking life. Uh, 
If we think about the deeper aspects of the psyche or the unconscious as always seeking balance or homeostasis, so if we're too concerned in one area, uh, our dreams might pull us in an opposite direction in order to offer us uh, uh, a more balanced view of things. But that Mm -hmm. being said, we can still ask. We can think about, um, now we have to approach this with a certain, can I say, humility. Uh, We can ask for a solution to our problems or um, some direction or some relief or in our dream. We can, we can certainly ask for that uh, right before we go to sleep, picture uh, visually in our minds uh, something relaxing, ask for what we're looking for, um, uh, and then trust that whatever dream we remember is exactly the dream we need to remember. Mm. So I, I have another question for you. Do you, do you feel, um, well, first of all, um, I hear people say often, um, I don't dream and everybody dreams, right? It's just, well, hopefully, because because that's just part of natural good sleep. And if you're not dreaming, then you're likely not getting into good deep sleep. Correct. Correct. That's correct. Yes. So, um, I guess what I what I have have wondered as as we move through this since we know everybody dreams and some people remember it better than others it may be that some of those people who don't don't remember um dreams are being awakened in in the middle of sleep cycles and and the like um do you do you feel like that instead of worrying about remembering dreams or solving dreams that that perhaps it would be a good idea to try to instead of shaping what you dream about um shaping how you go to sleep so you work hard on just calming yourself um trying to um, maybe meditate or pray or whatever you do right before you go to bed so that you can calm your mind. Do you, do you find that helpful? Yes, I think that's a, a, really a better approach uh, than sort of um, demanding a dream, you know, to, to uh, address my issue or, my, or solve my problem. I think that is a much, you know, a much better approach uh, uh, to use relaxation techniques, deep breathing techniques, um, body scan, muscle relaxation techniques. Um, w- one thing that I think about sometimes is dreams that I've had in the past that were particularly comforting and, tr- and sort of mm-hmm. re-enter that dream, that dream, remember it, mm-hmm. uh, re-enter it, and see where that might take me as far as going into, into sleep. So yeah, I do right. agree with that. Mm-hmm. And then wait. That to sounds hear what, like a good. Yeah, and wait to hear what the next dream says. It, it's kind of a dialogue between consciousness and the unconscious, and and, right. and wait for that message to come. 
Um, there are some things we can do, though, to respond to a disturbing dream that might be helpful. Um, one is, uh, I, and of course, I advocate everybody writing their dreams down. I've kept a dream journal myself for 37 years. We absolutely recorded three dreams this morning. Um, and uh, to keep a dream journal. And if you do have a disturbing dream, write the dream down as you remember it. Write it down mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. as you remember it without editing it until you get to the very end. And some disturbing or distressing dreams are overtly so. Some of them just sort of leave us hanging. With, however it goes, though, when you finish writing down the dream as it happens, you can write a new ending in, in your waking state. In other words, how would you like mm-hmm. the dream to end? If it ended unsatisfactorily, just continue it a little bit until right. something else happens. And it's, it's coming out of your imagination, which is where dreams come from anyway. So it's kind of yeah. a, it's a, it's an answering in, in imagination, what was given to you by the dream is kind of answering it back in a way. Right. But, but that's a great technique, and that is finish the dream or write a new ending for the dream and resolve it the way you'd like to see it resolved. And since it's a dream, that can happen in any way at all. You know, yeah. Okay, we are going to take our, our next break, Karen, and when we get back, we do have some callers, so this is great advice. Um, give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's 877-672-7464 if you want to join our dream show. Um, tell us about you. Uh, this is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Karen Bonner, and we'll be right back. Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome 
back and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and today we're talking about dreams. The increasing number and disturbing number of dreams that we seem to be having during COVID-19 and I'm here with Karen Bonner who is a licensed professional counselor and dream expert um, here in Ridgeland, Mississippi. So um, we're going to jump to the phones. Uh, we have Ella from Eupora. Good morning, Ella. Good morning. It's hey, well, tell us what your your dreams are, maybe, or your questions. Well, I have a couple of dreams short uh, to share. The first, uh, I was in a room with um, lots of people. It was a crowded room. No one was wearing a mask. And I couldn't find a way out. And um, the dream ended something like that. If it went on, I don't remember what else there was. And the second dream was about my mother and my brother who passed away a couple or three years ago. And uh, they were more real to me in that dream, I think, than even... uh, in real life sometimes, I could smell them, I could uh, feel them. They were soft and compassionate and loving. And uh, my mother had not been that way, actually, the last few months that I was with Mm -hmm. her. I dream about my mother and my brother a lot. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, And and I tell them, you can't be here, Uh, you're you're dead, and they tell me no. we're we're not dead. We're here with you. Oh, Karen, do you have a comment yeah. about Ella's dreams? Well, I've got a couple of questions for you, Ella, if that's okay with you. Okay. Um, so the, I'm, I'm thinking about the first dream there. How anxious are you about the virus? How anxious are you about the changes that you've had to make in your own life? Has this caused you a great deal of stress and Anxiety, or do you feel like you're kind of handling it okay? What, what's your I, what? What? I couldn't be safer. Um, okay. I I live alone with my pets, and uh, no, I'm not afraid. Uh, when I'm awake, I don't have any fears about it. I worry about my family, and I worry about uh, friends, but no, I don't worry about myself. Consciously, I don't. Um, so, um, this phrase that really caught my ear when you were telling that part of the dream was, and there's no way out. And right. there's no way out, right? You were in the crowded room, nobody was wearing a mask, lots of people, and no way out. So, no way out. If it, right. If it were my dream, I would think about that phrase right there. And pull it into waking life. And I, I'm thinking about where where I feel there's no way out. Um, like, uh, and it might be virus-related. You know, there's no way out of this virus situation, at least not in the near future. There's no uh-huh. way out. But it might be applying to something else. It might be applying to any place in your life where you don't feel like you see a way out. 
So that's mm-hmm. Karen, I have a, a question. I'm sorry to interrupt, yeah. but what about, um, I know we've got Frank and um, we want to get to Ella's second dream, but I have a question about the no way out. Could it mm-hmm. possibly be, um, she did know that she is concerned about family and friends. And, and mm-hmm. I know that that one issue I have is that I do have some individuals that I deeply care about who do not seem to be as concerned about wearing a mask or being as careful. And, and so I, I wonder if she could be fretting about those individuals who aren't as safe as she is. Well, Ella, we'll ask Ella, the dreamer. Is <laughs> that a possibility? Uh, that's definitely a possibility, but I do remember feeling afraid for myself in the dream. And in okay. my waking hours, I don't feel afraid uh-huh. for myself. Uh, I keep busy, and as a matter of fact, I'm actually uh, quite happy. I don't have, I'm sort of a loner anyway. My life okay. has not mm-hmm. changed that much anyway. But uh, I did so, feel afraid for myself in that dream. Dream. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the isolation. I know you, you're used to living by yourself, but this is kind of an enforced isolation. Before the virus came, we could pick and choose when we wanted to be by ourselves. And when we were tired of being by ourselves, we could go see these family and friends. That's right. kind of forced uh, um isolation um have any effect on you at uh, all honestly no i enjoy my okay. time alone and i have a cat and i have a dog and they keep me company uh i um, don't feel you, alone i really don't you, you sound like a girl after my own heart i'm an introvert no, no, as well wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so, i know what about that Sarah, second dream? I can arrange my schedule as I want to. Yeah. I can do yeah. what I want to other than okay. go places, and I'm not that interested in right now uh, going anywhere. Good. And uh, uh, as I say, my pets are like my family, and I feel safe, and I feel actually happy. I uh, started playing with clay and making things from clay uh i just and i'm reading and watching home uh homes and gardens television i'm quite well you've given a lot of people some good suggestions on things that they can do and Uh add to their life as they're more isolated um karen what about that second dream um like i said we have frank who's waiting and i want to make sure we get to her so a couple of, of ideas around uh, dreams in which people that we love dearly have died, and then they return to us in, in our dreams. And, and, not only, and by the way, I've had this experience as well, Ella, where my grandmother returned to me more vividly alive than I remember her when she was alive. It, it's a uh-huh. remarkable experience to have in a dream. There are a couple of approaches to that. One is that that is uh, included in your grief process, that it has, that it is touching on the process 
of because grieving takes a while. And even though they passed away or they died two to three years ago, grieving, you know, takes takes a lot of time. And so to dream of these folks, to, to, to experience them so intensely in our dreams is part of the grieving process. But the second aspect of that is this. Whatever those two people gave you when they were alive, what their gifts were to you, what you got from them that was useful and beautiful and um, that, that became part of yourself. Um, uh, of course, our mothers have a great influence on us. We, we carry them around with us for the rest of our lives, but also the influence your brother had on you. Um, and in the dream, it sounds so comforting. So those aspects of those people that you have now within you, like they said in the dream, we are with you. Mm-hmm. Well, those are aspects of them that you're carrying around that where they've influenced mm-hmm. you. And to now use those those traits, those characteristics for for whatever the present day is asking of you. Does that does that make sense at all? Yes, it does. And thank you so much. You've been really helpful and I always enjoy this program. I look forward to hearing thank you, the other callers. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and calling in. That was very interesting to to step through that. And um, uh, let's hear what Frank has to say. And Frank is in Long Beach. Hi, Frank. Hello. Um, Yeah. Got a question, but I wanted to explain one thing. My voice is messed up because of the COPD medicine I take. So sometimes uh-huh. it's free. So bear with me on that. Uh, okay, can you call, speak up just a little bit or get closer to the um, your I'll, phone, if you I'll, will? I'll yell into the phone. I've been complaining. Perfect. T-Mobile and Apple. We don't know what's wrong. Um, but what I'm calling up, this has been reoccurring for probably about two years. But it's the same thing. And it happens just before I wake up. I'll either have, like, my housemate, my business partner, standing at the edge of the bed to wake me up, or it could be a kid. It's been both of my parents. But the worst one was when it was a uh, hooded figure in black with a sickle standing at the mm. foot of my bed. Now, this doesn't happen often, but it's been recurring for about two years. Different people being at the foot of my bed and then I wake up. So I have a quick question, Karen, before um, you jump in with Frank. Um, Frank, you said you have COPD. Um, do right. you think that um, you you are concerned about um, your health? Do you, do you feel like this has gotten worse since um, the the pandemic, um, knowing that this virus attacks lungs, are you more concerned about that, do you think? Oh, no, the COPD has been a recent diagnosis about two years. I've had heart problems mm. in 2000. I've learned to live with them. So, you know, no, I don't worry about it because I figure, hey, I'm taking medicine, I'm doing what I'm supposed mm. to. So, 
That part doesn't bother me. Okay. okay. Karen, so, what are your thoughts? So, so here's what I understood, and I need to, so I need to make sure and clarify, that there's a recurring incidence of having a figure, and it's different figures, different people, at the foot of the bed uh, that are uh, there upon awakening, that you see upon awakening. And sometimes it might be that your housemate or your business partner, did I hear you say once in a while or several times it's been a figure in black with a sickle? Did I hear that correctly? Yes, you did. Of course, my parents. And then I wake up. So, the, so from that that figure in black with the sickle, is that right? What what does that signify to you? Um, from what from what I remember, yeah, you know, that that usually means death. So, like oh. a symbol of death. Okay, so. So the same kind of idea applies to the people that you could name, the people that you recognize that are there upon as right before you wake up. What aspects of those people uh, do you most, can you identify? And whatever those aspects are, do you have that in yourself or do you need it? So, so when we have people that we uh, recognize in our dreams, we think about what part of that is me? What what part of that is me? Is it a part that I need to develop more of, or is it a part I need to be aware of that might not be terribly helpful? So that's that's one approach to that. The, the dark figure that represents death is a, kind of interesting. You do have some serious medical issues that and and we all must face our mortality, so there's that. But also, there's um, such a thing as a psychological death that we come to the end of a time in our life or a way of thinking or a way of coping. Uh, we come to the end of a period in our lives, like when we marry, we're not single anymore, when we, when we have children, we're not childless anymore. When the children leave and leave us, all of these are transitions so that that former aspect is now, has died and the new aspect comes into being. So not, not all references to death or referencing a physical death, they're sometimes referencing a change of thinking, a change of attitude, a change of approach, a change of a way of life, we have to uh, make changes of some sort. Um, retirement, for instance, the death of our career and the birth of our uh, last phase of life, that sort of thing. So that's an aspect that, you know, that might be happening. Did, did I hear you say you were diagnosed with the COPD about two years ago? No, two, about two months ago. Two Hard months ago. Okay. Okay. Heart issues go back to ninety nine, uh, two thousand when I had a heart attack, an open heart surgery. Also, okay. I'm seventy four. I don't know if that comes into play. <laughs> I didn't hear that last part. Oh, I'm seventy four, so I don't know. If oh, 
comes into play, and I'm a glass artist. I fuse glass artists, and I ch- recently changed some of the techniques I'm using. So I don't know if any of that comes in. It could be. If you've made some some significant changes in your daily, you know, in your life or your lifestyle and things like it can absolutely impact how that kind of gets processed through in, in your dream life. Sure. Yes. Does that help at all, Frank? Oh, it, it does. So the part you were talking about earlier about, um, and I may have it wrong, but you were talking about kind of analyzing you know, the person who's appearing, seeing what I may be thinking of about them, if I understood you correctly. You know, like my dad, my mother, you know, what effect they had on me or what I could draw up from them to help me. Yes. Yeah. Wow, Frank. Well, good luck with your health. And um, I am such a fan of glass art. Um, I hope you're able to continue to be productive with your glass art. Um, I could imagine that um, that dream is disturbing. So um, maybe in the last few minutes... uh, Um, I think we just have a couple of minutes left. Karen, I think for all of our listeners, I think it would be good. Let's talk again about the best way to prepare Mm -hmm. yourself for good sleep and good calm dream sleep and to perhaps set things. I know we talked about that early in the show, but if you will, let's repeat some of that because I I do believe that there are many of us who need to do whatever we can to settle ourselves into sleep, if you will. One thing that came up, um, uh, one thing that came up in our discussion today was the creative response that people are having uh, during mm-hmm. the pandemic. Ella works with clay. Frank works with glass. I think um, one thing we can do to help our sleep state is exactly these things, to look for a way to respond creatively to our dreams in our waking life, to draw them, mm-hmm. to, um, uh, to to do something with our hands that's creative, to cook, to garden. Or, or to uh, write them down, right? To, you mentioned absolutely. even journaling them. Yeah. Y- yes, journaling them. I've also been telling people to keep a daytime journal about their concerns, especially about the virus, with, a, with an eye toward history. You know, um, People during um, different times in our history have kept journals. I'm oh, we're going to have to wrap it up in a, okay. just about two seconds, if you will. <laughs> sure. Journaling is a great thing to do to respond yes. to our, to, to journal about our anxieties and fears in our daytime life, to let go of them so we can sleep well at night. Yeah. So Karen, thank yep. you so much. And, and caller, our two callers, thank you for calling in. Um, I thought this was great. I hope you got some advice. If you missed part of it, listen to the podcast. Um, thanks to Michelle McAdoo, our producer and engineer, and our call screener, Liz Gill. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking. And stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.